The Bottom Shelf, Episode 3, Dune. Are you ready to discover a world of terrible movies? High above the planet Geekery, three brave individuals, with the help of other friends, work through a list of terrible movies to discover one simple truth. Are they better than people think, or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? Grab your popcorn, grab your favorite snack, and get ready to find out. All right, everybody. Not entirely sure what just happened. We were in the theater watching the movie Q and all of a sudden Q disappeared and Dallas disappeared and at least one of my prayers was answered and Glicks disappeared. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine with both Q and Glicks disappearing, but we need Dallas back. And there was a note about in order to get Dallas and Glicks back, we have to watch Dune. You mean June? Uh, no, I mean Dune. Oh, I, I know, I know, Dune. I know, I know. It's hard to discern from your ancient Gaelic language. No, but. because David Lynch, when he uh, when he was supposed to make this movie, he thought it was supposed to be called June until they gave him the screenplay. He's like, "Oh, Dune." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess that's a thing. Yeah. So, I. I yeah, I wish I could make contact with whoever left us that note, though, because I'd be like, well, can, what can we do to just get Dallas back? So it's not mutiny. But apparently. No. Oh, I thought it was it's... mutiny. OK, I don't need these swords then. Oh, OK. OK, we're going to have to unpack that later. Um uh, at at any rate, apparently their Dallas and Glicks are a two for one deal. So <sighs> I guess uh, I guess we're gonna have to watch Dune. Uh, being as you are our tech boy, Kevin, why don't you uh, let us know? Do you have any bits and bobs of info outside of the June? Sure. Um, first tech man. I'm a man, not a boy. Get that correct? <laughs> And you're younger than me by what a year or two we'll unpack this later anyway okay go ahead. well dallas is probably getting a new taco machine finally getting that thing fixed and the spices <laughs> will flow yeah so much spice so much spice that not even the spice girls could save the spice world this is directed okay. <laughs> This movie Dune is a little over two hours, not that much longer, like it was supposed to be. I guess it was supposed to be like three and a half hours long, but whatever. It is directed by David Lynch, not, um, you know, David Lynch from Eraserhead, who might erase your mind watching this movie. It is produced by Rafaela De Laurentiis, I guess the daughter of Dino De Laurentiis, who also produced films such as Cole the Conqueror, which I'm holding in my hand showing you. Just produce that one. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause everybody at home can totally yeah, see Everyone that at right home there. can see it. That's why I'm just saying it. And she also produced every dragon heart movie that was made. The music was made by we're not in Kansas anymore. Toto. I love me some Toto. <laughs> okay. What? Wait, what? 
Oh yeah, the musicians. Okay, I thought you were talking like you were the band. some grilled dog or something. No, um, the band. <laughs> you know, toe the line, Africa. Actually, that that was another reason why David Lynch put this um them onto this movie because he loved Wizard of Oz because this is his favorite movie, and he's like Toto. Oh my gosh, this is like an an angel coming down with a message for me. <laughs> it's okay, also so yeah, that was that was a true thing. Um, starring David Lynch's sidekick Kyle McLaughlin, McLaughlin, Mc yeah McLaughlin. Anyways, Francisca Ennis, Xian Young, Patrick Stewart. The mostly mute in this movie, Sting, Brad Dourif, and many others. Okay, this movie is based on a nearly 1,000 pages. Oh, of Brad Dourif was in this movie. Yes, he was. Okay, so for those of you out in listener land who can't understand why I just got excited about Brad Dourif, I, I'm the resident horror geek of the Geek Devotions team, and Brad Dourif was the voice of Chucky. Mm-hmm. And in I kept every looking Chucky at film. Uh huh. And I kept looking at that guy going, I know him from somewhere, but I can't place him. And then all of a sudden you said Brad Dourif and I'm like, bing, light bulb. <laughs> but we haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We did not know that. So whatever. No, <laughs> I'm just reading off this letters that's on this tape onto this box right here. It is based on a nearly 1000 page novel by Frank Herbert back in 1965. Wow. That's a, that's a freaking long novel. I still never finished it. I only read like chapter five and I started getting lost. Um, the budget was made with $42 million, but the box office was $37 million approximately. That's wah, wah. yep. I guess there was, there would never ever be a sequel and no one would ever think about making another Dune movie for the rest of history. Nope. Nope. Um, bu- 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 it was listed as one of the worst and most disappointing films in 1984. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that that that's some aspiration that's setting the bar high for us here yeah this is his third film he ever directed okay so i mean sometimes people say yeah. it's because this is a different movie i don't know i don't know uh the only movie i've ever seen by him was the elephant man we watched that when i was in school and so, really uh, how was that for you um it was okay i mean it wasn't life-changing for me or anything but i mean it was a decent watch all right. Yeah, I watched Eraserhead. Well, mostly attempted to watch Eraserhead three different times, and I still can't make it half the way through the movie. It gets, I've never seen it. Yeah, nothing's more weird than watching a squirrel girl singing to a radiator. And yeah, it's weird. His meatloaf comes alive I've, and he starts attacking him. I've wanted to see the uh, Twin Peaks TV show. Yeah, that's why I mentioned um, right here earlier, it said David Lynch's sidekick, Kyle Mac. McLachlan, because he starred in every single tw- he's basically started almost every movie David Lynch made. Nice. Yeah. Nice, so let's nice. see how well he does in this movie. Hmm? All right. Well, do you have any expectations going into this movie before? Uh, we since watch I've, it? I've heard very mixture, like most people who have seen it and talked to me about it. They I remember my dad watching this like two or three times, and I remember I just never got involved watching it because he loved Star Trek because he thought it was the best sci fi ever made in the history of the world. So I just mm-hmm. like, okay. Um, I don't have really any expect- expectations. I've heard other people when they talk to me about it. It's like, it's not um, understood or that it should have been better, but it didn't, but it's the best we'll get. And I was like, okay. So mm. I, the reviews I'm reading 
or have heard from movie reviewers, including Roger Ebert, he didn't like it. He he just thought it was it was the worst thing he ever saw that year. Hmm. Well, going into it for me, uh, you know, I talked to my dad about it and he basically said, yeah, it was a thing in the 80s. Some people got excited about it. Just not my thing, which is pretty much my dad's way of saying meh. Yeah. And then I talked to I talked to podcast family, uh, Ben Avery, Mm -hmm. and he enjoyed it quite a bit. But the. uh, the most consistent things I've heard about this movie is one, it's long and two, it's dull. Okay. So dull was the bigger part I've got. I didn't get so much the long from too many people because mm-hmm. I think people who told me it's like, it should have been longer, but dull was the actual, like almost every single person I talked to had said that exact same thing. Dull. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so how many times are going to fall asleep during this movie? Uh, I guess I'll find well, out. Hopefully it's not as many times as Dallas fell asleep watching plan nine from outer space. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and go into the, uh, let's go ahead and go into the uh, theater and save Dallas, I guess. <laughs> yes. These fools go into the theater not knowing what they walk into. (laughs) They won't be able to finish this task. Glicks and Dallas will be lost forever. But you, dear listener, (laughs) this may be your opportunity to leave. Because when they come out of that theater, (laughs) who knows what horrors they have seen who knows what state of mind they'll have (laughs) all right i have thoughts uh so now i I know we've been kind of messing with the format a bit did we decide that we're doing the we're doing our rating at the end of the spoiler section now just to make sure that all right, so you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you uh, want to hear our final grade on this, you'll have to skip to the end of the spoiler section if you don't want to hear anything about this movie. But this movie's been out for almost as long as I have, so yeah. if you haven't seen it by now, you're like me, because I hadn't seen it until now. So, Yeah, this movie is, what, um, 37 years old mm-hmm. as of right now. And I... And I'm 30 years old. So. <laughs> um, thank you for nodding me a couple of times because I felt like I was falling asleep in there. Yeah, well, I wasn't so much nudging you as I was like leaning on your shoulder and falling asleep. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, so spoiler free talk. How? How do we want to address this? I, I think everybody can gather that. We we picked up on the dullness of this movie. Okay, um, uh, let me say without spoiling it, I'm not going. Uh, crap! I just had something in my mind. It's like, nope, I'll be spoiling it. Pacing is a huge issue for this movie. Yes, pacing was definitely a huge point in this movie because there was it was like it took so much time 
to get you to know what you're supposed to be watching and so forth. And finally, when you're starting to watch it, it speeds up and then it goes right back to being slow again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't care about what is this person? Who's that? I don't care. They're, they're, not, they're not contributing enough in the story to make me want to care if these people was to live or die. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, I I agree with the pacing being a huge issue, uh, especially at the beginning. It took me a long oh, minute to get into this goodness. movie or even care about any of the characters at all. Um, but I think that is more of an issue with the fact, like you said, the, the source material was a thousand page book. Nearly a thousand page. I have the book. Like I said, I only read like chapter five and I just crashed. So, which which leads me to believe that the author is very verbose in the book. Yes, in fact, in the theaters when they released this movie out in 1984, I have this little Dune ter- Dune so terminology booklet. It says when Dune was released, there was some concern that moviegoers might need a little help or preparation to fully immerse themselves in the film's extraordinary worlds. So, Universal Pictures provided a Dune terminology primer to hand out to every ticket being sold. So they had this little booklet that had all the planet's names, all the characters' names. And I'm like, that's not a good sign. If you got to give that to your movie goers, <laughs> like, hey, prepare for this journey we're about to give you. You might not know what you're going to see. So we're going to help explain this to you. I'm like, oh, no. This that, that, that sounds like me when I'm trying to introduce people into Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, dude, it's super easy, but you want to have these three books on hand just to make sure that you have all the rules available to you. So you know what options you have. It's just, hmm. uh, which is one of the reasons okay. why I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> well, no. uh, okay. Yeah. You deserve that. Um, Shut up. Take it on my box. <laughs> That's called instant karma, sir. Uh, but what I will what I will say is watching this movie, it legitimately felt like it was designed. This movie was created specifically for people who already knew the story and already knew what was going on. Yeah, because I guess when I watch Star Wars, I don't need to read a booklet. I don't need to read a book, a novel or anything. It helped explain itself, at least the early Star Wars movies, the original ones. I don't need explanations. So it's just like Star Trek. I noticed that when I watched the Star Trek movies, I only watched um, only the first three Star Trek movies. I don't really need that much that much explanation to tell me what every character's function, what they are. It's like, oh, I got it mm-hmm. first time. And one of the key, one of the key. Uh, well, I'll save that for I'll save that for the spoiler section. It's not much of a spoiler, but it starts to go into specific things that happen in the movie. So we'll we'll wait for that. Um, yeah. OK, it's, well, here's here's something I had. I'm not sure if you've caught on to this, but then again, it won't take very many people to catch on to this part, at least is heavy and it's religious themes and allegories. Really? I didn't notice that it it's like seemed it almost like pounds you in the head. With okay, the- so this move the first thing that I the first feeling that I got in this movie and it lasted for the entire movie is this is the Ten Commandments in space. <laughs> like if they, they this couldn't be any more Ten Commandments if they would have if they would have casted Charlton Heston to play Paul What's his face yeah. in the movie. We'll just say Paul because like, he, he, I think he changed his name twice in the movie. At the like when you get tortured, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So he, at, we just know him as at, Paul. At the end, at the end, he was basically like Aragorn had seven different names that he went by. Oh, really? Hmm. No, I mean, I was being facetious. No, I, I never Aragorn. watched Aragorn, so I don't know. Oh, no, we talking Aragorn about Lord, from Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, okay, that's different. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about like that that dragon book that the um fourteen year old wrote. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I got yeah. you. No, I'm talking. I'm talking Lord of the Rings and I don't know. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, had it was heavy in a. Um, religious themes and allegories and consistent talk about a messiah from the very beginning so that's like even when you pick up the novel it talks about it so it's like that's not really a spoiler because it says that on everything you pick up even a trailer now riddle me this it was the uh, author of dune was he a christian then was he was this I intentional wish, i wish i looked more into it because you read the further novels he wrote is like dune the messiah dune the prophecy dune something else um like biblical or some other religious theme like i think this guy may have been a catholic or religious or something because it has i touch a little bit of a catholic theme to it but at the same time i touch a lot with the um, judaism as well Mm. i picked up on the judaism because like i said it it felt very ten commandments to (laughs) me so much ten commandments so much green screen too um yeah can we say that the green screen effects in this movie did not age well no, I mean, at least it's not. I mean, I'm trying to decide what was worse, the green screen behind this or the green screen behind Mortal Kombat or Spawn. It's like it's right. It's like, I mean, I think it's a little bit better than those, but at the same time, it's still not that good. I'm trying to decide. It, it becomes incredibly obvious that what's happening behind them and what's happening in the foreground aren't happening in the same place. And the floating fat guy oh my god uh, wait spoiler that's the first spoiler section uh can, again it shows, the trailers, it shows in the trailers a floating fat man and it even talks about like you know the messiah and something about the fat man and spices i'm like is that what you call him what is this like the little bomb the fat man that's going to hit japan or something I, let's, let's, let's go to spoilers because apparently we have lots more to talk about in the, from the actual movie and not so much about our feelings that we slept through so <laughs> Let's hit, let's hit that spoiler section. Let's hit it hard. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. Okay. So my, my first, my first issue with what actually happens in this movie, like one of the biggest things as far as writing, as far as, you know, storytelling as, as far as any kind of composition is the first rule is show don't tell. Mm-hmm. And what do they do for like the first 10 minutes of this movie? Talk. They have and tell. And ex- tell. just exposition and telling you about everything and these planets and this political state and why this political planet is like this and this. And th- I'm like, this is terrible. And they I, hand you a book in the theater in 1984. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is not how you tell a story. Yeah. So I, 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 as soon as that started happening, I started to get a really bad taste in my mouth about it. Now, fortunately it led into some decent practical effects with whatever that fish face shrimp person. I don't know what it was. I don't even know what its name was, but it looked pretty cool. And it looked very freaking creepy. 
Yeah, my my wife was not a fan of its nose mouth thing <laughs> that they kept doing close ups on. Yeah, it's like, oh gosh, stop! And what was he spitting out? Planets, or was he crapping out plants? Because I kept looking, it's like, wait, is that his mouth, or is that supposed to be his butt? I don't know. <laughs> Showing all the plants. Well, well, no, he, it wasn't plants. It was uh, they were talking about it in the uh, ten minutes of dialogue before the movie started. Yeah, uh, which they were talking about some people becoming mutated from the use of spice over the years. Yes, and so they use some form of spice gas. And mm-hmm. so it's just breathing in and out that red gas that was in its tank with it. Okay, so the spice it, is essentially a drug. That's what I'm uh, guessing. I guess. They because don't really say... Ex- it's like the spice is not only a drug, but it's also a means for transportation, but also a means for medicine, but also a means for everything. And I'm like, okay, what exactly does the spice really truly do? It's the unobtainium from uh, the Blue People Avatar movie. <laughs> okay, I mean this movie, <laughs> this film could have used some Earthbenders and some maybe some Waterbenders. No, no the the other the other Avatar movie, the James Cameron movie. I know. I was I was about. trying to be. Facetious. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe they could have used Ong. <clears throat> <laughs> I will shoot you at the airlock. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, the, uh, all the different um, things about spice and everything else. I just wanted to know its true function. That's all. It's like, please tell me. Um, <laughs> it does whatever the writer says it does. I guess I don't know. It's well, it's the MacGuffin of the movie. It's well, this movie was presented several times to Universal Studios, and every time they kept David Lynch and the producer and everything else kept taking it. It was like make it shorter. Make it shorter. And David Lynch, he rena- he renounces his name. He wants his name taken off this film, but he's like, it would cost too much time and money to do that. So he's like, I'm not doing anything else with it. Like they it, like they released a 4K edition, everything else by Arrow Video. He would Does not it need to be 4K. Well, believe it or not, I have obtained this because someone told me it was worth it for twenty five dollars. I said, you're not going to get it that cheap. And it's like, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as people talk about it. So I was like, okay, well, if it's $25 and it's like a limited edition, I can always sell it if I don't like it or whatever, which I have done before. I'll talk about that later. But I found out it's not, the movie is only in 4K. It's not 4K slash Blu-ray. But it says 4K Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is only for special features. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, so that happened to me. But anyhow, um... Yeah, they, they tried to get David Lynch um, to do a commentary, to do anything, and he wouldn't even reply back to them. So they're like, okay, fine. We're just going to do this as best as we can with whatever you gave us because they kept making them shorter. And, and first, it was given to Ripley Scott. Ripley Scott, he gave it back to him and said, it's got to be a two movie. It's not doing this in one movie. And Universe like, okay, well, let's go to the next director. And they kept doing that. And it's like three different directors. like, it's got to be a two movie. He's like, nope, we're not doing two movies. We're doing one movie. So they kept going until David Lynch and David Lynch, he hate he didn't really care for sci-fi because he already just passed up um the third Star Wars film. Um what's it called? Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. And George Lucas. It was originally it was originally entitled Revenge of the Jedi. Yes. So Revenge of the Jedi. And George Lucas gave him that and David Lynch like, no, I'm not really a sci-fi person. I like a mixture of different um, genres, which if anybody watches David Lynch films, you could see that he likes a mixture. He doesn't like a one genre film. 
bro can you imagine return of the jedi if it was done by david lynch though it would be so trippy and i don't think ewoks will be the only one singing eating people (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay another thing that were, were you done with your thought, by the way? I don't want to cut you off. If no, you go ahead. No, the only thing I just want to say is that, so after they kept making him cut it, he finally did the bare minimum and was like, I can't, I'm not cutting anymore. I cut as much as I could. I'm done. And the producers were upset. The writers were upset because they kept telling him to rewrite it, rewrite it. And it's like, I can't rewrite this. This no, Nothing's making any sense. And according to, to everyone on set, they just said they were having not a very good time making this movie. Yep. Yep. Um, Let's see here. The other the other thing is that the internal dialogue being made external was driving me nuts as well. You like you could hear people's thoughts throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. That was stupid. I I I don't get why they did that at that, all. That did not bother me so much, but um they should have explained that part. Because they should explain more about these um like gifts or powers that he had, which they didn't explain at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Which I actually had a graphic novel of Dune. And I remember reading that was the first thing I did read. And it talked it explained more in that graphic novel about his powers and everything else than it did inside of this movie. Because he was able to read other people's thoughts. And the only thing I know is that when you have the spice or when he had the spice, it's just like his telepathy power just became increased. But again, it didn't really explain that in the film at all whatsoever. Mm. I just. And, and, and when they showed him having the spice for the first time in this movie, it looked like he was just eating a Vienna sausage. <laughs> I'm like, really? Really, that's it right there. Is he, he eats that little sausage, and all of a sudden he becomes magic man. Yeah, it is seem very impactful. It's funny how he read people's thoughts, but Professor X couldn't read people's thoughts. Professor <laughs> X. Oh, so let's talk about that for a second. Patrick Stewart is in this movie. That caught me off guard. Uh you know, Adam Collings, uh friend of the show from Tasmania had mentioned that uh, Patrick Stewart is in this movie and playing the wrong role. But when I had asked him as far as which role he would have placed Patrick Stewart in, he said, no, I meant he should be playing uh, Jean-Luc Picard. And I'm like, okay, Hmm. but it's an interesting thought process. Did, did Patrick was Patrick Stewart well used in this movie? I think they should have put him more in this film than they did. They They didn't barely had him in this movie that much. They should have had a lot more of him inside because mm. I actually like Patrick Stewart and his role that he played. I just felt like it was not very, it was not enough. And if you want to see Patrick Stewart with long hair, that's in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. He has more hair in this movie than most other movies he's done. He has more hair in this movie than in all the Star Trek television shows or movies combined. This is true. He had, at, at at the end of the movie, he had like he was bald on top, but he had hair going down to his mid back all the way rest the rest around of his hair head. And I'm like, that's just weird. He like should have braid. He could find no one to braid his hair. 
I'd be afraid. I'd be afraid if he braided his hair, he might look a little bit like he belonged with a uh, cons crew. Cy Noonan cons crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I digress. So yeah, Patrick Stewart's in this. Uh, I think he was woefully underused. I think he yes. could have brought, made this movie a lot better if he was maybe uh, Paul, what's his face's father instead of the guy they had there instead okay yeah or well he's supposed to be training the boy aka they keep talking about all their training and like you don't see or hear anything about their training until like when it's their last time seeing each other and he's like okay here's a dagger fight and i'm like i don't get to see or anything in your previous years months or anything of you training each other or you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be training paul it's like oh that could have been a bit more but then again maybe that was the hour that was cut or more who knows do you, yeah, that's the other thing I've heard about this movie is that there was a, tr- a significant amount of the actual what was filmed that was cut out of this movie. Yeah, an hour made it make more sense. I say an exact full hour is cut off of this film that it will wow. never, ever come back unless David Lynch wants to return. It said there's no chance David Lynch wants to because when David Lynch is like one of those people like what I've done, I've done. That's it. I'm not doing anything else. I don't never look back. Hmm. Interesting. But. You know, there is one person, though, I think like I think some of the even with the bits that we got, I think there's some casting issues with this movie that the movie would have been better if they would have casted different people in their spots. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, the uh, the Duke, no, not the Duke, the Baron, the Baron. Yes, the The fat uh, man floating, the fat man floating. Yeah. The fat redhead that's floating. Oh, he drove me up the wall. I didn't. I couldn't stand. Him. I didn't feel like he was a villain. I thought he was having too much fun. But I was like, you know, you are a villain, and you're supposed to be like a mass genocidal murderer. You know who would have been great in that role? Although at the time nobody would have realized it. Who? Anthony Hopkins. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he would have, but he wasn't. He wasn't into that. It wasn't doing that just quite yet he was into i mean he was into all the um the bbc murder mysteries and television shows so it was like mm, he had he he had a little foray into horror initially too i mean he did that movie what's it called magic where he had the uh he had the (sighs) dummy that was that came to life Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, yeah. they should have used christopher lee that would have been amazing oh my god Yes. Use Christopher Lee. They had their chance and opportunity. Uh, that okay. So okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's like that or Peter Cushing. You know the the guys from Hammer films. Dude, you're 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 just about to go through my entire Mount Rushmore of horror. You, you've already named two of them off already. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, you they they still obviously wanted a British actor, so that that would scratch off Vincent Price, because I would use Vincent Price, but. That was the that was the third guy on Mount Rushmore. Can you figure out the fourth Mount Rushmore guy? Peter Lore. <laughs> no. Peter Lore would have done so much better than this guy. Peter Lorre would have been amazing yeah. in, in that role. I, I I would agree with that. But no, uh my fourth guy on my Mount Rushmore of horror was Boris Karloff. Wasn't he? He already died. Didn't he? Could have been. Could have been. But uh, I'm just... Okay. No, I, I was thinking of someone else. I had it right there in my mind. Um, Mike, Michael, crap. 
he played in so much Hammer films. He did. He also played in um the the Tim Burton film, which Tim Burton used all all the Hammer actors. Oh, anyway, so it'll, it'll come to me when it does. Um, but actually, given that it was 1984, if they were looking for a rotund gentleman to play that role who could mm-hmm. get a little bit manic, but and never got a chance as, never got a chance to stretch his legs in a serious role, I might add. John Candy. Yeah. Well, he, do, he, he does play. He plays his comedy sometimes serious, but he never fell under the trope of always a fat man joke. Which is always great right. about John Kenny. John Kenny will do a fat joke every once in a while. He's like, hey, have you seen me for a bit? Looks like I haven't been going. Looks like I don't do that kind of work. And that's it. So he was always in. But when he did serious roles or he tried to play serious, you could see in his face like, dude, this guy, he just needed more than his comedy. But, you know, it's just it's, it's just what happened. I, I, I honestly think that if they would have got him in there, he could have probably stretched his legs out a little bit. Yeah. But at, at the time, at the time though, he was kind of a superstar. Oh yes. And he was. So, so maybe, you know, just this bearing. Just based, mm, he, oh, I'm trying, it's just starting to get me more upset. I shouldn't be, but it's just like, he, he just looked like he was not the villain. I wanted like even the other two that came in sting who didn't said anything until the end of the freaking movie. Sting didn't said a single idle thing. He just went, ha, 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 It's like, okay, am I supposed to be like fearing of you? Or am I supposed to be like amused that you just get the big pearly white teeth or something? Because he smiled no, supposed and to, evil laughed the entire time. You were supposed to swoon over him when he came out in his Wonder Woman underwear. Oh my Lord. <laughs> Look, it, it, I mean, they, he was already waxed before he went inside or like took every bit of hair off his chest and his other areas. And he's like, there was this like that, but that plastic Wonder Woman underwear. Yeah. See that? And it's like, it's like he just greased down whatever six pack he had, just like just flaunt it left and right. Just look up. <laughs> it's like, oh, my goodness. I guess you are mute. <laughs> At least sing me a song. <laughs> Roxanne. Uh, here's here's the thing about Sting in this movie. It was complete stunt casting. Because yeah. in 1984, the police were like the biggest band in the world. Every teenage girl and, was probably like, "Let me just show, just show me his body, and I'll be good." Yeah. So I mean, he was complete stunt casting. The other guy who was a part of the whatever planet, the other fat redheaded guy yeah who again over. they never said nothing but just like just ate food just slabbered everywhere spit his food out I'm like they had they had several characters that could have been done so much better and i get that it was all cut down but the fact of it is is that you know the source material they refused to cut the material into two movies so you know it's like what are you what are you gonna do i mean how how good of a movie are you gonna be able to really put out if you can't explain everything or if your way of explaining everything is to have 10 minutes of dialogue at the beginning of the movie on top of handing people pamphlets to understand your movie another actor max von sidrow Sidrow? Oh yeah, the exorcist Fantastic guy. actor. Barely anything inside. They didn't. It's just like all these actors and actresses. Um, the dwarf lady. What was her name? Did, wasn't she? Wasn't she on the um that poltergeist she movie? She was the principal. Uh, no, that was not Zelda Rubenstein. Um, no, that, yeah, it, it was, was someone the, else. But uh, it was the lady who played the principal in Kindergarten Cop. That was what yeah, my wife. Linda, what? Yesterday. I don't remember her last. Linda name. Hunt. 
I don't I don't know. Another great actress. Just barely in the movie. I know as soon as she popped in and they introduced her in such a way where it seemed like she was going to become a big part of the story. But she popped in for one scene. She said like three lines and then they showed her die in the next scene. And it's just like. That's another thing. OK, I guess um, I never watched Game of Thrones, but from everyone, everyone told me it's very Game of Thrones like. And I can understand that. I understand when characters and people die and they die a tragic death or they die a hero's death or something of the sort. But when you want to at least care about the people who are dying, like I was saying in the very beginning of this episode, you want to at least care and just like. I guess have that heartbreak moment or something, some sort of compassion. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they just killed that person off. I could, I could felt for this person. You felt nothing for any of these people. It's like here, come here, say these three lines, maybe four, and we'll put you at the end of whatever scene and die. Now, so many of these actors and actresses, these characters, it's like here's a little scene, here's a little scene. We're all rooting for this messiah. That's supposed to save the world from I don't know what anymore now. Spice. No one else could touch Spice but him. And everyone else spice could just die. Yeah. And then when he meets yeah. the girl that he's supposed to have dreams of, which you barely see her in his dreams. That was her thing. I think I've seen her like two or three times. I kept forgetting about her because when the dream sequence has, it goes full on um, David Lynch. Where it has all the, the twisted, weird imagery, everything happening, the spirals and everything. I was like, okay, this is the David Lynch I know. Come on, keep this up. And all of a sudden it goes right back to being a normal type of whatever film, 80s film. And um, it, it when it has that awesome score that plays by Toto, I'm like, okay, this is one good thing that I very much enjoy about the film. And then all of a sudden at the end, it's like, I've loved you all my life. Like, who are you again? I don't know who you are. Well, the best part is, is when he said that, you know, she, she had just pulled a knife on him like five minutes earlier in the movie. So, I mean, it's just like, okay, this feels forced. That's what I need to do. I need to find a woman who puts a knife in my throat. And I was like, I've loved you all my life. Please don't kill me. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Dude. Okay. So I, I, you know, I think that's the best way that I could say this movie, my, my, how this movie felt to me. The whole thing just felt forced. Yeah. Now it, it reminded me, it reminded me of a big dump you have to take, but it won't happen. And so you're just sitting there and you just force it. And it's painful for everybody involved. And you've got some issues. With, do, do you need to like take some Beano or have a prostate exam or something? I don't know. Go see a doctor. That can be serious. <laughs> <laughs> Eat some fiber greens. Anyway, the, the, analogy, <laughs> the analogy remains. Um, um okay. but one some some little I, I can't call them Easter eggs because that it's all stuff after the fact, but some things that I noticed was there are certain references in the music scene that I'm a part of mm-hmm. that uh came from this movie. And I had mentioned some of them to you guys when I was watching it. Um the band Shy Halud. Uh, there's a metal band called Shy Halud that got their name from this movie. Okay. Because uh, that's what they kept calling the big sandworm that he had to ride. And then uh, he kept having the drink when he was ha- when he was after he drank the water of life and started tripping. 
Yeah. He kept seeing he kept seeing that picture of that hand in the blackness reaching up with the five fingers out. Yeah. Like that's that's the cover of the first system of a down album. Really? Okay. So I don't listen to that music, so I wouldn't know. That's I mean that's yeah. interesting. Um those you know, when he did those edit scenes, those are pretty that was pretty trippy, right? Yeah. Like was it, it tearing was, was it supposed though. to be like tearing and burning the page away at the same time? Well, from I, one scene to the next. I don't know what that was. Do you know what that was? That was no. a weird transition. It was David Lynch being David Lynch. Yeah. Is all that was. It was it was him going, uh, I don't like this movie, but I'm just gonna sprinkle this weirdness on it yeah. because it can't make it any worse. <laughs> I can't swipe, um, I can't do everything else everyone else says. Let me do my own transition. This will make it look like the paper is being ripped and burned at the same time. I'm like, okay, okay. That's happened so maybe, fast. Maybe, maybe he uh Maybe he was uh, kind of subliminally trying to say something about the movie. Yeah, maybe. I mean, so. though, this is what I got from the movie. Okay. Um, I do love the set pieces. There was like, what, 50 different set pieces, 80 different set pieces. And when they did this, when they filmed on the sets, it looked awesome. I would say that. Okay. In my opinion, I think it looked awesome. Um, I got a lot of things that I didn't understand. I still didn't understand. A lot about House of Trades, about different planets that I can't remember their names. Um, Arrakis, I do remember that one. And then there was something else with the sea, I can't remember. Sandworms, spice, and everything not nice. <laughs> yeah, the the part at the end where he's like, the sandworms are the spice. I'm like, that makes no sense. I didn't understood that. Like, okay, are they concentrating all the spice? Like, are they like eating the spice and then they become one with the spice, like the force? I don't. Or maybe the, or maybe maybe. And this this is this will go back to a conversation Dallas and I were having when I was visiting in Shreveport. When I was in Shreveport, we were talking about that special type of coffee that is only produced in certain South American countries. Crafts out the spice. Where it's the it's the lemurs that eat the coffee beans and it craps out the coffee beans and then it's processed into coffee. Like maybe that's how the spice is. Maybe that's it's uh land it's the sandworm feces and you're just kind of sifting through their cat box. Okay, so this movie eats its own crap and presents crap. It's the movie it, <laughs> it it's the prequel to the human centipede. I have never watched it, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I'm not either. Yeah. But I know what it's about, and that's all yeah, everyone already thought what it's about. <laughs> well i, I think, think i think I, we've yeah david lynch was overwhelmed in this he had to be because look no. he made what he made um eraserhead which like blew every film school student mind of how great it was which i still don't think it's that great but everyone else could talk about how great it is i have a friend of mine who's like it's his favorite movie he could look at it as a comedy a dark comedy okay but it was a success then he made another film which was Elephant Man. Again, these are like small budget films. And they turn around and they say, okay, now let's make a humongous blockbuster hit. It's like, whoa, you just went from just like a few million dollars to now, what I said earlier, a $40 million. That that could be feeling overwhelmed. And you have sets that you've never saw. You have actors, like loads of actors and actresses that you never had. So how did it be overwhelming for him? Well, not only that, but I mean... You mentioned it earlier and you could totally feel that in this movie, nobody, nobody enjoyed making this movie. No, it, it, it felt joyless completely. The, the ones who had the most fun making this in this movie, which I watched on the special features of the Blu-ray was Toto. 
when David Lynch went behind the music side and started talking to the guys of Toto and talked about how much he loved their music and how they picked they had to pick they couldn't have a better name for their band and everything else, they all had mm-hmm. fun. And they and say David Lynch was back there playing music with them, and they were taking some bits and pieces of whatever he was playing, and they started you know playing with the synthesizer. They all had fun, but everyone else, I guess they just like, hey, we're doing it, we're making it, fine. Yeah, and you can feel that throughout the whole movie. So, so did you still understood what the fat man was about, other than him no. trying to rule things and gather all the spice? I think it's all he what his main attempt was: rule everyone, that, it, it, gather all the spice. What's frustrating about you saying that is that's basically the depth of every character in this movie. You know, they don't feel like real people. They just feel like they're there to serve a plot function and that's it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't get the fat guy. I don't get, I don't get the heart plugs that they had in. I didn't understand either. He pulled it out. So much blood was pouring. I was like, Whoa, this is pushing that PG 13 envelope really hard. Right. And I, 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 I couldn't understand. Was he drinking the guy's blood? Was he, I, I don't understand what he's doing here. Yeah. I don't understand the purpose of this other than, and then they made that guy milk a cat that had a rat taped to it. Yeah. Like, uh, what? Huh? What's this? I, it was just the so black, random. And the black liquid that was pouring over him. He was like, he, he, he loved the black liquid, but okay. What was the black liquid? What is this? That's spraying over you. Is that spice extract? I don't know. I'm guessing. That's all I could guess. I could be wrong. I just didn't know. I, I don't know. And then, and then he's just sitting there having his boils lanced while he's having this conversation, which was lovely. Yeah. And Nothing lovely. You know, if you're like one of those freaks, likes to watch up YouTube videos and watch people put poke each other's pus pumps. I'm like, okay, I don't want to see this. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, there were so many things that just happened. I mean, there was things that was pretty to look at. Like, I love looking at the desert. I'm, I, I like the scenery of that. I like looking at the sets. I like the different costumes. Some, not all costumes. Some of the costumes, okay, look pretty cool. Um, but while it may look pretty on some things, and there were certain things with the green screen, it was not pretty on. Oh. Are we at a part where we, where we need to now rate the film what we thought? Because it's just yeah, I was gonna I was gonna push it there, but I was letting you get it all off your chest before we did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just it's just like there's so much of I don't know. At the same time, I would watch. I try to watch it again to see what I gather, and I still got the same I don't know. Like just one more time, I was like I gotta see this one more time. Just to see what I could fulfill the I don't know and see if that anything answered anything that I missed. I still have the same thing, the same I don't know. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, then, uh, Kevin, on our rating system, that if you don't know a rating system, going back and listen to older episodes, I don't feel like explaining it right now. Uh, what would you how would you rate this movie based on our rating system? I'm so much trying to decide if I want to put this in the middle shelf or if I want to put this on the bottom shelf. It's so funny that you say that because I'm in the same, I am in the same conundrum. Because it it has the looks and the appeal and everything intriguing enough that I want to see it again. And along with the score, along with some of the imagery, which I like movies that when you get a little odd and weird, which is fine by me, other 
I just don't want to see someone's um, pimples get burst. I just don't want to see that. But other things, um, I like the costumes. But uh, and I want to know more about it. It feels like I want to know more, but I'm not going to get any more because that's all there is. And it's not bad. Like, oh, my God, even though I dozed off once, maybe I was super tired. But I, when I rewatched it, I watched it through. And, hmm. I could see the all the effort and everything they try to do. But at the same time, when they try to do, they just kind of gave up because they just consistently got the backhand by Universal Studios at the time. I guess I'll put it on the bottom shelf. You're going to put it on the bottom shelf? I, I It's like if I could just fit between the middle and the bottom, but it's, I mean, there's other films like with me. When I told you like Plan Life on Our Space, I can grab that movie all, almost all the time and just watch it over again. This movie, I don't think I can grab as many times to watch over again. I'll just watch it to put it on mute and appreciate the scenery and everything that it did shot, but not to listen, except for the score. <laughs> we'll put, you know, you know how when you stack movies on, you know, with the spine showing towards you and there's usually like about a three inch gap between it and the next shelf up. You're talking about the movies that you're looking at right now? I'm right behind me. Right. But okay. the, the viewers, the listeners can't see that. Um, Use your imagination. <laughs> at any rate, but you know what I'm talking about, though. You step, you spine out, and then there's the gap between the top of the movies and the shelf above it. I, where where I would stick this, I would stick this movie on the bottom shelf, but sitting in that gap between between the middle shelf and the other movies that are sitting on the bottom shelf. Like I would give this a high bottom shelf. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit higher up at the bottom, just not the very bare bottom. Right. Like it, it's better than most bottom shelf movies, but it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Shelf. It it, de- it definitely does not belong in the dumpster fire, though. Like if I was to put this up against Avatar. What movie? Then, oh, sorry. The Last Airbender. I thought that was burnt. So why we're we talking about it? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and head on over to our week connection section brought to you by Ben Avery from the Strangers and Aliens podcast and see if we can suss out any spiritual anything from this movie. Oh, one quick thing. Yeah. Wasn't there a tagline you had that you didn't read? Or wasn't there supposed to be some taglines? Oh, the warning labels. Yeah, wasn't there warning labels? Let me go ahead and pull that up. There were warning labels on this box. I forgot all about those. We just opened it up and threw it in. Yeah. So exciting. Chances, yeah. Chances are I probably am going to like have like headaches and diarrhea and nausea. Now you should put some, get some vitamins. Seriously, man. No, I, I'm, I was Spi- making a spinach. joke about maybe it's too much spice. <laughs> so spicy <laughs> that that that's that's a warning for this movie right there is constant warning this movie is incredible is incredibly filled with spice consume at your own risk uh just don't do like the, the spoon cinnamon challenge this, <laughs> okay so several warning labels that are on this several Ooh. uh warning this film may contain sand 
It's rough, coarse, irritating, and gets everywhere. Not recommended for Anakin Skywalker, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, warning, this movie has a sting to it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> Sounds like a dad made that joke. I'm not a dad. Oh! <laughs> Uh, warning, this film is terrible, but blame goes to the studio, not David Lynch. True. Uh, we just talked about that. <laughs> um, warning, this film is about milking cats because David Lynch. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and go to mm. the, uh, let's, let's go to the weak connection section now, shall we? Yes, let's go there. <laughs> this is a weak connection. All right, weak connections. Um, I'm not going to pull out a specific Bible verse this uh, episode because I've already stated earlier on, this whole entire movie to me feels like uh, the book of Exodus set in outer space uh, with uh, some sort of charismatic uh, spiritual leader uh, leading an entire population to freedom based off of ancient prophecy. So... It, it, this movie reeks of it uh still would recommend the charlton heston movie over this movie though oh yes yeah uh so what 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 do you do you have a weak connection for this uh movie kevin um you know i i it's, it's hard because i mean as much as i it's like there's so much allegories and so much is built on religion it was hard for me to find one except for one thing the character Paul would say, and he would say, like, the fear is the mind killer. Man, I forgot to talk about the box scene. Anyhow, because he kept talking about the, f and he kept repeating that in his mind. And I'm thinking about in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 on the King James Version. It says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And that everything that we should do, we should um, realize that what God has given us is the, is of the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and of a sound mind of whatever adversary that faces in our way. And no matter how tough situations may be, even if you're fighting for spice, that you don't have the spirit of fear. You should not fear because fear will destroy your mind, body, and soul. Well, there you go. Kevin whipped out a better weak connections than I did. So yeah. And that's the first time it? I think I've actually came up with a weak connection, isn't it? Hey, you Possibly. know, you, you came, you came in the clutch and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, did you see this is a little off topic, but did you see that spice world poster? Someone posted on the, uh, bottom shelf thread. Not yet for this. <laughs> it doesn't so, wait. I know I did a lot for my movie page for like what the um the, the Joey character, like how you doing? Yeah. And then I did I think I did one with the Spice Girls and I was like, there's no spice here. <laughs> oh no, so someone made a made a movie poster that said Spice World and it showed a sandworm in the background and the Spice Girls up front. Oh, I gotta see that one. No, I haven't. Um that's all that thought in my mind. I I it, I've never Okay, I didn't grow up with the television and everything else during the 90s, but I know it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. And people are like, man, you must know one of the Spice Girls. Like, what is that even supposed to mean? 
was from your country. It's like, I doubt any of them were from Ireland. I think all of them were from England, right? I think a lot of people associate Ireland with England. Yeah, so. which it's not. But anyhow, isn't isn't some part of Ireland like we? That's 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 Northern Ireland. That's not the right. Republic of Ireland. I know. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to. Ju- ju- I'm not trying to make anybody from the IRA angry out there. I'm just. I I'm I'm ignorant and I don't know. So that's why I ask questions. No, no, that's fine. It's just that it's like one of those things that you know. Ever since became a country, they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll become part of the republic." It's like you know, ju- just all you gotta do is just scratch them off. You scratch them off. Just join us. Just join the whole big country of Ireland. Stop trying to separate yourself. Anyways, so, with the Spice Girls, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, next episode that's gonna be coming at everybody out there is going to be Mars Attacks. It's Kevin's favorite movie. He loves it so much. He's going to give it a glowing review. Oh, yeah. Spectacular. <laughs> so that, that'll be something for you to look forward to. Uh, we have fulfilled the ransom note on this. So I'm assuming Dallas is going to be back for that episode as well. Is he now? Uh, hopefully, because hmm. I don't know that I can drive the ship by myself for too long. Um. Well, he looks like he needs help from Glicks. <laughs> no, I, I I would sooner drive into a planet and ride a sandworm than get help from Glicks. Tell you, be from that spice. Hey, you know, I'll eat a Vienna sausage. It's fine. Your uh, eyes could you look? Uh, could, could use some more blue. Anyway, uh, yeah, I wasn't even going to go there with that, <laughs> with this conversation. That was the dumbest thing. Uh, at any rate, uh, Kevin, where can people find you on the interwebs? If you wish to find me on the interwebs, if you desire to, you can find me on Facebook on the Dapper Man or the Dapper Man Reviews, because I think you type in the Dapper Man, it shows you different others. So the Dapper Man Reviews. You can do also the same thing on YouTube and Instagram if I am there. All right. And you can find me on playing games with strangers, supersonic pod comics. Uh, of course, the bottom shelf, as well as primitive rhythm machine, as well as my band mezzanine, all on the social medias. Find links in the episode descriptions. And of course, Dallas who is not here, you can find him on the Geek Devotions uh, on YouTube as well as ComTalk in the podcasting section as well. Links, please see links below. Am I missing anything, Mr. Burnham? Measurement with Lesterine on Kerosene. All right. So with that being said, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Hope you had a good time. Uh, you know, interact with us on the, in, on the socials that lets us tunes us in. Uh, if you like what you heard, please like subscribe, rate review, all that sort of stuff. And because we are a part of the geek devotions network, our primary goal is to let everybody know that they are loved. And if you take nothing else from this episode, please understand that you are loved. You do have a purpose. Uh, and fear is a mind killer fear is a mind killer ladies and gentlemen and sandworms are the spice and spice are the sandworms